Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Disney is reportedly going to be restoring their executives to full salary. And in a completely unrelated story, they've also let furloughed cast members know their furlough is being extended indefinitely. Also from the I never thought I'd be saying this out loud department, walk-up dining availability has been added to my Disney experience. And a little later on, we're going to discuss some of the results from some of the polls we have been putting up on the Dis Unplugged Facebook page. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Let the experts at Dreams Unlimited Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Dreams agents are committed to giving you honest and unbiased advice and helping you plan a magical vacation your family will remember for years. Visit us on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And by Magic Candle Company. Magic Candle is the leader in theme park-inspired candles, wax melts, fragrance oils, and much more. Bring a little bit of the magic into your home with Magic Candles. Use code DisneyInfo at checkout and receive 15% off your order every time. That's MagicCandleCompany.com. Well, welcome, everybody, to episode 1093 of the Diz Unplugged for the week of August 25th, 2020. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week via Skype by my good friends, John Magi. Everybody, Kevin Close. Hello, everyone. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. The giant head of Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Ahoy, ahoy. A welcome to the show, everybody. Just a couple things before we dig into our news stories. Um, I mentioned this last week, but I for- had forgotten to do it until later in the show. Want to make sure I get this out there right now. Um, on September 7th, uh, Labor Day, we are going to be doing our marathon show, a 12-hour marathon show, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., as always, to raise money for Give Kids the World. Now, this is going to be done a little differently than we've done it in the past. Uh, on the previous Tuesday, which is next Tuesday, right? Yeah, yes. next Tuesday, we are going to be launching the auction that we use to raise money. Um, so, uh, next Tuesday show is going to be an expanded show. We'll do our regular show for an hour. Then we're going to spend a half hour launching the auction, kind of talking about some of the items that are in there, um, getting people set up and moving along with it. And then the final day of the auction will be while we're doing the live, uh, the live marathon show. And that auction will end at 10 PM Eastern time on September Seven. So doing it a little differently. Normally, we would launch the auction with the marathon show. Now we're wrapping it with the marathon show. So, um, again, this is to raise money for Give Kids the World. Please, please, please come and support us. Even if you don't want to watch our, our show, it just that doesn't matter. It matters that you check out the auction and uh, uh, spend your money. 100% of everything raised 
in the auction, goes directly to Give Kids the World. Um, and right now they need it more than ever. Um, with uh, Make-A-Wish uh, basically stopping all, you know, they, they can't do, they can't give wishes right now. Uh, they can't take in any kids right now. Um, so they're operating on reserves to keep the, the village open. The village will remain uh, an intact entity until all of this passes. I have that from Pam Landworth, but they need our help. So please, uh, like I said, next Tuesday we'll launch the auction marathon show 10 a.m eastern time september 7th so please join us another thing i want to mention if you were not uh if you did not see the live stream that craig did from hollywood studios yesterday um we're gonna put a link to it in the show notes uh, right below this video um please go check it out he spent three and a half hours not just walking around hollywood studios but he took us on uh Rise of the Resistance took us on Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway Railway. And I got to be honest, uh, it made me want to go back into the parks. It made me, and so Craig and I are going to do it next week. Um, I didn't think anything would make me want to go back in the parks right now. But just kind of watching how everything was being handled, basically how the guests were, for the most part, behaving. Um, and unedited. And, and un- I mean, completely and unedited. unedited. You know, you were getting an honest, uh, a true view. It was, it was fantastic. Honest to God, it was fantastic. So put a link to that in the show notes. Please check it out if you just want to kind of veg out for a long time and watch something cool. Maybe we should do the whole marathon show like that. <laughs> just do 12 hours <laughs> live streaming from parks. Um, don't. No, we're not. Okay? We're not. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, so I just wanted to make sure I got that out there. All right, so let's start with uh, some of the uh, news stories that I want to talk about this week. Um, And I'm going to be fair about this. I'm not going to be a complete jerk. Um, But it's being reported right now that uh, the temporary pay cuts that Disney executives took back in April with COVID um, are being are going to be rever- are, are they going to be restored to full salary? This is being reported by Deadline. Disney uh, has not confirmed this. Um, those reductions went into effect April fifth as a cost cutting measure. The cuts range from twenty percent for vice presidents up to fifteen percent or fifty percent for CEO Bob Chapek and a hundred percent for Chairman Bob Iger. Then again, Bob Iger pretty much print, prints his own money at this point. So. Um, and at that point, Disney had not put an end date on when that would happen. Uh, but Deadline is saying that they are getting ready to restore those executives to full salary. Now, just it's bad optics that at the same t- on the same day Deadline is reporting this, Disney sends a, an email to furloughed cast members telling them that their furlough has now been extended indefinitely. Um, We had been hearing this from certain sources, but then copies of the actual email started showing up on social media. Um, So this has gone out to cast members. Um, And I don't know. Like, I, I understand that
I don't I don't know. What do you guys think? What I, I mean, I think it's at the very least it's really bad optics. To yeah, you know, to restore your executives to full salary when these guys are making millions of dollars a year. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, we know what Iger makes. I can only assume what Chapik makes and also people down the line. And people deserve a salary. You certainly deserve to work and make some money. However, in this situation, if your salary can cover hundreds of your employees' salary or half of your salary, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous for you to take that money. Because I know for a fact, you know, you talked about Iger. They have money in the bank. These people are not living paycheck to paycheck. They're not counting on that $1,200 check from the government. So you can afford to go a little while without taking any money if it means that people who work for you and who make minimum wage or slightly better can have some kind of um, security that they're going to be okay. It's just, it's completely ridiculous. Now, I can't imagine that they'll let this really go through. I mean, if I was a top exec, I would say, look, we, there's just no way. This is still bad timing. It might have been, you know, fine if things were recovering properly, but I don't see them going through with it. If they do, that is just that's just terrible, terrible PR, too. Well, just in the interest of fairness, um, obviously, uh, cast, you know, paying cast members is dependent on volume in the parks. Um, so, you know, with the volume not being there, Craig's video yesterday, you know, it, it, 20 minutes to get on Rise of the Resistance. Um, so the crowds aren't there. The crowds just aren't there. Um, so from a business perspective, I do understand that particular decision. I, I know it sucks. And they are continuing to pay their health insurance. Um, they are free to get go get other work while they're furloughed, and that does not impact their health insurance, I guess, unless they get health insurance from a new employer or something. But if they don't terminate their employment with Disney, they still get the they still at least get their health insurance. And Disney is paying the employee contribution toward that health insurance. So I do want to make sure that we're that I'm being fair about this. Um, and so I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. I'm just saying, it really doesn't look good. It really, really doesn't look good. That, like as John said, you know, in some cases. Now, you know, when we're talking about vice presidents, they're not necessarily million-dollar uh, salaries, but they're pretty healthy. They're pretty healthy salaries. They're far more than front-like cast members are making. Um, well, the, and I think the larger dis- – I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think the hard part is, is that if some of those, uh, like the VPs or whoever are now performing either the full function of what their job was previously or have uh, adapted to have new sort of um, r- responsibilities to take care of. And then what we see in the parks right now is the new normal for an indeterminate amount of time for the next, it could go on for however, you know, there's hope of a vaccine or whatever, but let's say this is what it is for the next year. Are they going to keep employees on uh, like paying an employee that for an entire year that literally can't do any work for them? You know, it, I, it, it's unfortunate, but some of the positions that used to exist are never going to come back. And what do you do with somebody who used to have that position? I, I think giving them, a different position in another part of the company might be a good idea, but well, here's, here's what goes through my mind. 
um, and I've talked about this before, that uh, Disney is going to have to begin getting really creative and thinking outside the box about the product they offer around the parks. Now, I don't have any particular ideas here, but all of us, all of us have had, uh, uh, you know what, I'll speak to my my business and my organization. Um, We've had to pivot. I hate that word because it's being used all the time right now, but it's the truth. We've had to pivot and kind of change how we do things in order to survive. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to look at different opportunities and different ways of doing things while we allow, you know, our staff to remain employed. Um, yes, that has involved cutbacks in our expenses. It has involved cutbacks in executive, quote-unquote, salaries um, uh, in the company. But we've kept our employees whole. They're making their full salaries. Um, and I'm looking, you know, John and I are both looking for ways to continue doing that. Now, again, not a comparison for Disney, obviously we're not on that, on that level, but I'm just using it as, as an example, but we've had, in order to do that, we've had to, because that's important to us, keeping our employees as whole as we can is important to us. We've had to pivot and change how we do things. And I think there are opportunities. Again, I don't know what they are. But I have to believe with the brain trust that Disney has, there are ideas that they could create that would allow them to start bringing back some of these cast members in a different capacity, still doing things around the park, around that whole experience. Um, And let them bring back some of these folks. But I haven't seen that happening. Now, granted, they've made huge changes to their operation in terms of how they op- how they manage the crowds and how uh, the, the san- sanitation and they've done an incredible job with that there's no doubt about it um but it's basically just a scaled back version of what they already did there's nothing new coming in and at some point they're going to have to do something new and exciting get people excited especially when so much has been taken away we have no parades we have no fireworks Uh, Some attractions aren't aren't operating. Some restaurants aren't open. Um, So where's the, you know, where's the creativity? And I'm sure they're working on this, but um, where's the creativity in coming up with new ideas that could allow some of these, at least some of these cast members to come back to work um, and create new opportunities for Disney? This doesn't just affect affect frontline cast members. It affects a whole lot of people behind the scenes too. Mm-hmm. That's that's the group of people that I interact with the most, and there's a lot of them that aren't back to work. I my I have a problem with the fact that I see opportunity where Disney can redeploy. I see the fact that the thing that seems to be on an upswing remarkably is merchandise. And you see these uh, scenes of people waiting hours to get into the world of Disney. <laughs> the fact that Disney hasn't figured out a way to redeploy cast to sell merchandise in a different way to satisfy that need is infuriating to me. Hmm. There are other places where I see the redeployment should be considered. Um, you know, going back to us, we're a small company. We have a couple of people who right now 
don't have anything to do just because the nature of their part of our business is just not needed. But I have found other things for them to do and redeploy them into other roles in order for them to stay employed. So I don't understand why Disney can't look at it this way. And I've had talks with Disney executives who have said, hey, listen, you know, I know that if I could bring back these people on my staff, we could get them to do something different. They just don't have, they have a budgetary constraint at the moment that says you have to cut back X number of dollars. And that seems very short-sighted if you're going to cut back those dollars every month, but then pay them to your executives. So if they're all getting their salaries back, we should see Chapek running Tiki Room, right? Exactly. Now, has that been confirmed that they are getting their salaries back? No, this is, as I said, this is a report by Deadline, yeah. which generally is fairly accurate. They're not, you know, I wouldn't say they're the best news source, but they're not, you know, they're not bogus. So I think it's, 75% accurate, probably. Um, but John, but, going back to what you were saying about how, yes, we are a smaller company, but we, you know, as a small company, we have a lot of moving parts, you know, which helps, you know, move people around. And that's just what I see. But, you know, I can't believe how many opportunities Disney has. If we have this many in what we do and currently do. I mean, Disney, it's endless. I mean, I just just from my frontline cast member experience as a lifeguard, while I was waiting for my certification, they moved me in different roles. I went and served hot dogs. I served, you know, food. I did funnel cakes. I, I did tickets. I, I was all around. I did custod- I did everything while I was waiting to get my certification and while I was waiting for that to open up for me. But that was just in one park. But, you know, we'll see what, what happens. Oh, it's also, you know, And again, just in the effort of being fair, um, it's a big ship. Uh, Big ships don't Mm -hmm. turn on a dime. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure these conversations are absolutely happening uh, within the company. Um, You know, but right now it's, I, you know, I think, you know, and again, the comparison to our business uh, in most cases really isn't fair because we're tiny, tiny, tiny little business, uh, especially compared to, to Disney. Um, it's the concept that I'm talking about, um, that there are, you know, like I said, that creative brain trust that this company has, you can't tell me that they don't, they, they couldn't come up with a thousand different ideas of revenue generating opportunities. I mean, for the love of God, when Shanghai ran over budget, they put up cabanas in Tomorrowland. To help Get those generate. food trucks rolling. I'd like a I'd like a Disney food truck to pull into my neighborhood once in a while. <laughs> well, okay, you know, great, great. Yeah, but you know, honestly, that's not yeah. a terrible idea. Right. Well, Just yeah, get an Epcot food truck rolling around Orlando. <laughs> Do like Amazon's treasure truck, but with Disney products. People lose their minds. I think a big problem is with it, though, and where the optics would get really bad is I think in some cases, Disney probably wants to just eliminate a lot of their workforce force. I don't know why I said farce there. Uh, I think they want to eliminate it a lot more moving forward in general. And, you know, it right now, if they would just go out and say, you know what, 
these cast members who have been furloughed, we actually don't want them to come back. That would just look really terrible. But for the time being, if they can continue paying their health care until they can see what changes in the future, at least they can still get out of it without having, you know, without looking too terrible in this entire situation. But I have a feeling a lot of this is for that's the basic that's the basic argument here. Right. The basic argument is if this cutback, if people are being furloughed because their jobs are no longer there, that's one thing. If they're, they're being furloughed because Disney doesn't have the revenue to pay them, then using that revenue to pay your executives is wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's where the question becomes, are you just getting rid of people because you don't have the money or because they're not needed? Well, let's keep in mind who's running the show now. Okay. This is Bob Chapin, or as I like to call him, Lex Luthor. Um, even when he was chairman of Parks and Resorts uh, before Josh got that job, uh, he was all about cut and slash. He was cutting entertainment budgets. And this is before COVID. This is before any of this. This has been this guy's MO from the beginning. So I don't doubt for a second that he is absolutely looking to do that wherever he can. Now, I will tell you, my I, I don't know this for a fact, but I would be surprised if I'm wrong. He would get pushback on that from Josh tomorrow. That's not something I don't think just knowing Josh, I don't think that's something Josh would be okay with. Um, that I mean, for, for the time being, cause let's, let's take a look at what's happening for the time being. It's understandable. They had to cut back on the workforce. The parks were closed up until a month ago. Um, they are, while they're willing to operate at 30% capacity, they're not getting that, that 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 traffic so that money's not coming in so i understand i do i, I do i do get that um but look at also the reports i'm getting and i'm hearing and i witnessed just on craig's video yesterday of how great these cast members are right now it looks like the old days it looks like the old days with the kind of service they're getting and the kind of excitement that they have. It reminds me of the old days. It's easier to service 15% or 20% right? Than 80,000 people. No question. No question. Um, so, but I'm saying you, you, you kind of see that kind of see that old, that those old day type service coming back. You know that that saying. And but let me let me just finish. Let me finish. Uh, and if I, I think if Chapek has his way, they'll get rid of a lot of cast members as they bring back more and more people. As you know, eventually we will be on the other side of COVID, folks. We will be on the other side. I don't know when, but we will be at some point. What is it going to look like then? Is it going to be the same crowds we had before, but with 20% less cast members? And when did they learn from their own history? This company has a history. Paul Pressler. Paul Pressler. The king. He just damn near destroyed Disneyland when he was president of Disneyland with the kind of crazy cuts he was making. He then became chairman of Parks and Resorts and made it even worse there. 
to the point where he was like forced out of the company. And then he went to the gap and he ran that into the ground. <laughs> um, they didn't learn. They apparently didn't learn anything from that. So if that's what they're going to do, and we don't know that's their plan. Like I said, with Chapik in charge, it's not out of the question, but we don't know that. But I would hope they learn from that history that that doesn't work for them. The idea of just cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting doesn't work for them. And, you know, we're going to get to get to this a little later on, but, you know, they've got to be, even though Chapik dismissed the importance of annual pass holders, like the idiot that he is, um, you know, anecdotally from just the poll we ran, a lot of people canceled their annual passes. That's not what they need right now. That is not, they should be begging annual pass holders to get into that park. Begging. You can't get to the park. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to hold an annual pass you can't use. Right. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying people are wrong for canceling. But I'm saying that Disney needs annual pass holders and not, you know, there are a lot of annual pass holders that don't live here, but there are an awful lot of annual pass holders that do. And I know a lot of locals who have canceled their annual passes because, you know, they have to, you know, they, they, they go to make a reservation and nothing's available for three weeks because everything's being, um, everything's being prioritized for resort guests, which I completely get. You're paying for a hotel room. You're paying for well, a hotel. I'm not one of those people, but I'm not going to the park. I haven't canceled my annual pass, but I, I, I should. And it's not because I can't get a reservation. It's because I'm not comfortable being in a crowd. We might have to cancel and our kids. It. I won't cancel mine, but like for the kids, I'm, you know, they're not going. They haven't been. <laughs> and again, I got to go back to this idea that Disney has to think of something for their annual pass holders that doesn't exist, that doesn't depend on going to a park. And I know that seems silly. Why would you have an annual pass? But if you do something more locally to, um, to the benefit of someone who has a Disney World annual pass, it has more value to somebody. Or they won't cancel it and they won't get rid of it because it's not dependent on going to a park. I think taking the food and wine festival off-site and having them in food trucks, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Hey, hey, look, Disney, use it, use it. Just give me credit. Don't steal it like you did my I'm just happy to be here line and give it to a fork. Um, but anyway, I want to I want to <laughs> I want to I want to touch back on the uh, the cast members and their mood. While I haven't been to the theme parks, I can only observe it like everybody else through Craig. Uh, but you know that saying you don't realize what you have until it's gone. I think we just talked about all these cast members that potentially are never getting their jobs back. So when Pete, you say it's like the old days, you know, there was a, there was a sort of pride to have a job at Disney. And I think if you, you know, for the cast members that were just getting set in their ways or taking their job for granted, having it taken away from them and giving it back, I think that that's kind of like seeing it through new eyes maybe, and is bringing it back to the old days. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm certain. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that, because uh, I, I know, you know, I was at Bay Lake Tower when the first day of the resort reopened, and those cast members were so grateful to be back to work, and it really came across, and, uh, you know, it, it <laughs> I felt, I felt good for them. I felt good for them that that's how they were feeling. Um, 
but you know, like I said, I was watching Craig's Craig's stream yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? This reminds me of the old days when you could walk through a Disney theme park and not have eighteen thousand people uh, right next to you, and cast members were happy and engaged. Um, and that that had gone away, and it made me. It makes me want to go back in. So I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna get, get try and go in Epcot next week, Craig and I. Um, and I'll see how I feel. If I'm uncomfortable at any point, I'll leave. But as long as I can stay outside, as long as I can stay outside with my mask on, yeah, we'll see how I do. We'll see how I do with that. That's what, that's uh, what Kevin and I did, and I want to. So one of the things that we found out. What we discovered with the cast members we came across is they uh, looked for the opportunity to engage with guests. It wasn't the, the thing where, oh, I have a problem or I have an issue or I have a question, so I'm going to say cast member. There were times when Kevin and I were just standing around doing nothing, and cast members would come up and talk to us. Well, a lot of times we would do nothing, <laughs> but they would come up and talk to us and engage us and talk about different things. So I think it's this thing where they're so excited to be there and interact with people. I think most cast members want to work for disney i think you have to want to work for disney to work for disney mm -hmm. and while we're talking about uh you know staying outside and being well i guess this doesn't really apply to that but um i do want to talk nice about segue. the fact that, yeah you're brilliant i'm the king of this <laughs> usually i'm really good usually i'm really good. Uh, but i was thinking when i said you know as long as i can stay outside because i'd originally said to craig Let's go to Le Cellier next week when we're in Epcot just because I wasn't thinking. And he's like, eh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm willing to give it a try. I'm really trying not to eat indoors. And, like, absolutely, I'm doing the same thing. That's crazy. So ask, for, ask for a seat outside. Le Cellier has an okay. outside? Oh, I was thinking of, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. <laughs> no, no. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Everybody gets those two things. Good. No, Call but, him and uh, ask to build a patio. So this is where, anyhow, um, this is where I was going with the segue, but I realized I hadn't said any of that out loud. It was just all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, uh, new uh, walk-up dining, walk-up dining opportunities have now been added to my Disney experience. Now, I, did we ever think that's why I, when I introed it, I'm like from the, I never thought I'd say this out loud department because Disney is now advertising restaurants with walk-up availability, which will give you an idea that they're not close to meeting even their significantly reduced capacity quotas. Um, that used to be one of my favorite things when we would go to Epcot, you would go to those little um, TV screens and make your reservations for that day. And you would talk to yeah. a live person through the TV screen and you decided where you were going to eat just before lunchtime. Oh, yeah. Did that many, many times. Um, and now apparently you need to be in the area, uh, I think, of the restaurant. Yeah. Um, and not all it, it says here in the article, not, it should be noted that not all dining locations offer a walk up list via the app, but may have walk up availability. Um, you can see, so but, you can see the wait list for a walk up opportunity on the app, but you can only get you can only join the wait list when you're within proximity of the restaurant. So you can see there's you know hmm. 
whatever waitlist for such and such a restaurant, but you can only join that waitlist as you get closer. We always use the sign in front of Epcot. You know, they always put a sign up, I guess, services Avail- availability at Nine Dragons, Tokyo Dining, you know, all the typical ones. The usual ones. The yeah. usual ones. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I just want to be careful about how I how I say this. Um, you know, what are the things we all have complained about for years? Crowds, having to book our dining reservation six months in advance. Um, and although this is certainly not an ideal situation, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, a lot of that's gone away right now. Um, and people that are going to Disney on vacation are coming back and saying, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of the things I'm reading, this wasn't a very unusual experience. Um, and that, you know, for the most part, while wearing a mask is an ideal, most people were like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Um, so... That's why I want to go. I, I think the only way I'm going to know how I feel about this is if I go and do it. Yeah. Um, and really, I just not that I haven't wanted to go back to the parks, but it was something different with that that live stream he did yesterday. I just I don't know. It grabbed me. It grabbed me. And, <laughs> you know, Craig always grabs at me, but, you know, it's usually <laughs> to get money out of my pockets. Um, but this was different, although he was hinting. He was hinting through the entire thing that he needs a second phone, that he needs a second phone, he needs something else, you know. You did tell him it was like he was charging $5 a minute on that live stream, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, I thought, I, I, I thought this was a good, a good add to the My Disney Experience app. Yeah, there's another, another sentence I never thought I'd say out loud. Um, <laughs> this is a good add to the My Disney Experience app. Um, and I think it should, you know, I'm hoping this remains a part, you know, regardless, I hope it remains a permanent, uh, uh, a, a permanent addition Yeah. because, you know, a lot of times there is availability. Sometimes, you know, when we go to look for a restaurant, it's not available when we're looking, but maybe the day that we're there, there is availability. Um, it would be nice to be able to see that without having to go search the way we have to search right now. Just have it in one place. It's, like every other restaurant around the world, they get cancellations. They get last-minute cancellations and last-minute no-shows. See, so something yeah. we were always able to do, you know, especially at Epcot, if you were flexible, you could find a restaurant where there was available seating. The fact that you can see that now on the app is a great, great addition. Remember I can't that, imagine they would take it away. Remember that time we went to that restaurant on the boardwalk? Was it Al Forno? And there was not a single reservation. It was booked the entire day. And we walked up to it, and the restaurant was virtually empty. There was no one in it except John and I. And I said, why can't I get a reservation? They said, because there's a prediction of rain. So no one has shown up. So that was a restaurant that was sitting empty because of this that um, dining reservation system. I'll still I'll still go up to the restaurant and you know even if it says yeah I like doing that look I know it says I know the app says it's full but what you got you know and and again this is an example you know this is an example of where Disney is pivoting to some degree 
in how they're approaching things in a way they didn't before. Um, and I think, you know, I also think they need to be doing outreach to locals. Um, restaurants are starting to do better uh, in the area. Um, in spite of COVID, like I said, I won't go eat anywhere that doesn't have outdoor seating. I'm not sitting inside a restaurant right now. Yeah. Um, you know, there is good news on the COVID front. Our case numbers are going down, um, you know, and the number of deaths are beginning to decline. Um, still way too high for my taste, but um, moving in the right direction right now. And I'm just hoping against hope that it continues doing that and more rapidly. Then again, like I said, I'm noticing a lot of people around here paying a lot more attention to masks and social distancing. And so I think that's helping. I think that's helping. We just but, went out to dinner for our first time since this started. We went out to lunch. We went to Celebration Town Tavern and sat outside. outside. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's great because it's, first of all, they block off many tables so no one can sit near you. But it's also great to have that sort of breeze flowing and the air circulation. You feel safe, I think. Okay. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and hop over and do some housekeeping. Then we're going to talk about these poll results. Um, first, um, just want to talk about a new candle that Magic Candle Company has released. It is sea salt plus H2O. I haven't received it yet. It's coming tomorrow. Um, as soon as I saw it, well, Keith told me, um, I, you know, I always give him like, you know, ideas like, oh, I think this would make a good scent. And one of the things I said to him is I love the shampoo at Olani, the smell of that shampoo. <laughs> and, um, this is inspired by that scent. So I'm can't wait. He says that it has become the new favorite of his, of his team, of his staff that this is their new favorite candle. So I'm very, very, very excited. But magiccandlecompany.com, code DisneyInfo saves you 15% each time you order. But please make sure you use that code. Um, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And, of course, if uh, you have any thoughts about moving to the Orlando area, uh, we have our Moving to Orlando channel uh, with Sean Falk and I, youtube.com slash moving to Orlando. We do home tours. We do our Moving to Orlando podcasts. We have some other really fun stuff coming up. So uh, please go over and check that out. Um, and that's what I have for housekeeping. John, you have something? Yeah, since we're plugging things, I want to plug the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show. which just came out this Monday, our first new episode in about a month. Uh, we took a little break there. I'm very excited. We talk about Universal's uh, health procedures and precautions and policies under COVID, but we also talk about Universal's new theme park pricing system, where they've gone to a date-based theme park price, and uh, Elaine helps us understand it and gives us some sample pricing and shows you what a really good deal it is to visit Universal this time of year during this uh, time. So check it out. Look at it. You know, John, I love, I love all our agents, all our dreams agents. Elaine, Elaine's amazing. She really is. She's, she's been, uh, you know, she is such a great addition to the different shows we do uh, and just phenomenal. I love Elaine. We have a lot of great agents. We really do. But some of them are camera shy. And as much as I beg them to come on our shows, 
Elaine seems to be the one who's okay with it and is very comfortable in front of the camera, and it comes across really well. So we love having. You know who else has show. been who who else has been particularly good um, on 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 shows has been Mike Finucci. Oh yeah, Mike's Mike, great, fantastic. Um, you know, I was really happy to see you had Susan on. <clears throat> oh, she Susan was phenomenal. Callion. And Susan's very shy. And she, I thought for sure she was just going to clam up. Until you meet her in person. Yeah, but I mean, she was shy to be on camera. And so when she was on, it was really great to see her. So let's talk about each of our 50 agents. I was about to say. We have a list going, man, now I need to be on a show. And I just <laughs> want to reiterate. I just want to reiterate to folks. Um, because uh, this came as a surprise to a lot of people back in March when I started saying this. Um, if you like our content. If you like this team that I have, I hear everybody tell me how wonderful my team is, both my, my team here on YouTube, my team over on the Diz. Uh, um, the way we pay for that is Dreams, Dreams Unlimited Travel, okay? John and I are owners of Dreams Unlimited, just for full disclosure. Um, but the way we pay for these shows, the way we pay for the stuff that we do is through Dreams Unlimited. So even if you're not somebody, you always book your own vacations, you've been hearing a lot of this lately. Uh, people have been, you know, to support us, people who normally book their own vacations have been going through dreams, coming back to me in droves saying, I don't know why I wasn't doing this before. You still get to keep control over your reservations and stuff. You just have, it doesn't cost you any more money. It's the same thing you pay Disney. It just, we get paid commission by Disney for that. Um, so it really is, uh, and we do have an amazing, amazing group of agents. I don't say that simply because I'm an owner in the company. I am biased, but they really are phenomenal. And I love that so many people who otherwise would not have gotten to know that are finding that out. So please, dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Uh, we appreciate your support. Um, and uh, what else? What else do we have? I wanted to mention uh, magicyourband.com with the mask that now they're coming with an optional nose piece that can be removed. So a lot of people like like it to, to sit, uh, sit tight on their nose so you can now comes with a nose piece these can be personalized you can get something like this and throw stay out of the damn lakes on it or your name whatever magicyourband.com these are all disney inspired this is our design will did that but check it out all right anything else i still have i still have a couple of spots left on egypt if you're interested, I talked about it on the last show, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel, and I can send you all the details. It's April 21st through the 29th of next year. Awesome. Uh, all I'll right. Just, I'll say one thing really quick. I just want to remind people that if you are an international listener or viewer or something and you want to access our Patreon account at patreon.com slash you can now uh, support in the in your local currency. So in, in pounds and uh, euros and whatever. So check that. If you've wanted to check it out, but you didn't want to pay that exchange rate, you can. So Cool. All right. Let's uh, talk about these poll results. Um, uh, we've been putting up polls on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page. I will have a link to that in the show notes as well, in case you haven't seen it or found it. Um, and... Uh, just a few of the polls that went up recently, I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Um, one of them, will you pay $30 to watch Mulan? That was the announcement 
that Disney made that the live action Mulan uh, would be released on Disney Plus now apparently on a few other streaming services um, for a $29.99 cent fee. Apparently this is a digital download, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's not a one-time watch. Uh, so it's kind of like if you bought it through iTunes or something else. Um, so, And I don't know if that was clear at the time we did this poll, because I know they had to release something after that saying, oh, no, this is not just, you know, like you're going to the movie to watch it, and it's a one-time thing. Um, well, but... Uh, what? I was going to say, I, I saw another update, too, because I wasn't the wording on it when it first came out was a little confusing. <laughs> and it wasn't clear whether that was going to be the only way you were going to be able to watch it for however long. But now that the option is available, like now that you can see it, it says that you're basically paying that thirty dollars to be able to watch it before it 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 will eventually be on Disney Plus for free for everybody who has a Disney Plus membership. So. If you don't pay that $30 now, it'll be on. The, I, I don't know when it'll be on there, but if it follows the same theatrical window that the releases have in the past since Disney Plus has launched, it'll be on there by Christmas. Well, uh, you know, a, a lot of discussion has been going on in the industry about, you know, how the industry is going to respond to the fact that people aren't particularly thrilled with the idea of going into movie theaters. So, um if if the results of our poll are any indication about how that's going to be received, it's not boding well for Disney. 79% out of 4,200 responses, by the way, 79% said, no, we're not spending, we're, we're not going to spend $29.99 to watch Mulan. 21% said yes. Again, these are not scientific <laughs> polls. They are anecdotal, but take it for what it's worth. Uh, is but, anybody here going to spend that thirty bucks? Disney must have Disney must have did their case studies internally to come up with this number. So are they saying, all right, a family of four goes to the movies, they spend you know thirty dollars? Is that you know is that their thought process on this that we're going to well, charge what a family a family would go to the movies for? I don't know. They well, I think the I think like standard recouping this cost. Well, the day to day, like the the streaming, like for a movie that is released on that day to whatever it's called, the VOD, the is usually about twenty dollars, and so Disney is already overpriced. Whatever, what the other movies that have already attempted to do this, like Trolls and um, Scoob or whatever mm -hmm. was the other one, and so I, yeah, I think that's the reality too, is that people are thinking about it in terms of they're like, all right, well, I pay this amount for this ticket, but this is also the first service to do this where you have to already have a uh, uh, a subscription to the service in order to pay for that thirty. Ah, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So you have to have Disney Plus in order to be able to pay the thirty extra dollars. So it's a double charge. <laughs> now, didn't it's they also, also just didn't they also just announce that they're going to do it on Apple Plus on Hulu? Oh, did they extend it? Okay. I think so. I think okay. so. But I think it's still you got to pay the. 30 bucks you, you, you might be right I, I actually you said that and now i think i feel like i saw it said it was going to be on other things but not amazon or something because mm. they don't get along with anybody i think the problem is it's such a different time right everybody is used to now disney plus and all of the things you can get on disney plus and are used to itunes and renting a movie for four or five six bucks that it's hard to say well guess what you're going to get this theatrical release before anybody else there was a when, yeah, people would pay for that and pay early to see a theatrical release before it came to home video because it might have been, you know, months before it showed up. I think nowadays people don't look at it that way. 
And they go, eh, it'll eventually show up on Disney Plus. Why should I bother? Well, there was that movie on iTunes just recently with Tracy Ellis Ross, and I can't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. But it was $20. High note. High note. High note. Yeah. It was $20 to rent it for months. And, you know, one night when we were bored, I said, do you want to rent this? And we decided we wouldn't. I don't know that it's that big a jump for John and I to go from 20 to 29. But it would be like an event for, you know. We we bought Trolls. I went, you know, the kids wanted it. We had already promised that we're going to go see it when it comes to theaters. That didn't happen. So we bought it, you know. So I, I think it was only for and 48 hours even. I'm not even I, sure. I think, I think part of it is... Um, I don't know how many people are all that excited for a live action Mulan, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I, I loved the original movie. I'm, you know, I want to see Mulan, but you know, I'm right. not dressing up like Mulan for Halloween. So <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not, I would Mulan pay $30 Halloween. to see that. I, well, that you'd pay 30 <laughs> Anything um, for the kids, shut Pete. Up. Anything for the kids. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know if any of you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You know, when we started, when we started the uh, the million dollar project years ago with Give Kids the World, I said when we hit a million dollars, I'll do a drag show at Fort Wilderness in a, in a, in a, in a tent. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was brought up to me recently. Because we are at eight hundred and thirty-five thousand raised so far for Give Kids the World, we're very close to that million. So you get your lipstick ready. I have to. Yeah, <laughs> long time. It's been a long time. Um, all right. Uh, will you fly or drive? Do you fly or drive to Walt Disney World? One of the other poll questions we asked got about nine hundred responses on that. Seventy uh, percent of people fly. Thirty percent drive. I actually thought I was surprised by that. I would have thought the number of people who fly would be higher. Um, I'm imagining that's fairly depressed because of COVID. Um, but you know, if 30% of people are willing to drive to Disney, you know, that's that's I mean, a pretty. We always used to from upstate New York. That, I'm sorry, Kevin, you broke up. I said we always used to from upstate New York. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it was just the part 30s. of the trip. <laughs> they didn't have enough travel back one car in the road. They did not the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, I used to enjoy the rides to Disney. I, you know, riding, I, I don't enjoy driving it, but I enjoy, as a kid, just sitting in the backseat with, you know, games <laughs> or something. I think, it's, I think it's part of the trip. I think it's part of the vacation. Well, you can... I don't know. I... Right now, I mean, it's with driving, it's definitely a lot safer. And the fact is, if you don't even want to take your own vehicle, I have a friend who's about to do it. And a couple of weeks from now, he's just running a car for the week and putting all the miles on that. And I know Teresa does that when she goes up to visit her family in, in Illinois. I mean, so it's. Even if you come out even with what the plane tickets would have cost, the only thing you're adding is those couple extra additional days that you need for actual long travel unless you live within, you know, a 12 hour distance away. I don't know how many people love doing like a a 16, 17, 18 hour drive in one day, but uh, it's, you know, it's still there's still simple ways around around just driving. So I think, you know, it's I did the drive once. Friends who would drive. 
There's a delay. Hold, hold, hold on a sec. I did the drive once from New Jersey. 18 hours. Never again. Never again. It's, it was play, it, after that, it was either get on the plane or don't go. Now, I'm sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. I have friends who have found um, there's an agency that, that hooks you up with a snowbird. And they fly, and you drive their car to Florida. I have friends who have done that. Oh, well, that's cool. We've done both. We've driven. We've flown. I. It depends on the circumstance. I'm going to say this. Because of our business, I pay close attention to the airlines right now and all of the studies that are coming out and all of the reports. And there is actually a great deal of information that's saying that flying is really not as uh, – you're not as, as – uh, susceptible to getting COVID on a plane, as people thought. It doesn't increase your risks, and it has to do with a lot of the precautions they're taking and, and the, air circulation. the things they're doing about air circulation. So there's a great deal of discussion now about the airlines and how they're dealing with it and how that could extrapolate to other places. So just to sort of throw that out there, that air, tra air travel may not be as... Um, um, high risk as we once thought. Well, I um, I saw an, an article recently. I just don't remember where about that, where they're saying that saying that very that very thing that um, you know they've they're seeing cases where uh, they're finding out that people got on a plane who were positive, didn't know it at the time, were asymptomatic, um, and they've done contact tracing and found that no one else on the plane got got sick no one else uh, no one else became positive um and they're saying that it's because of the new filtration system that they're using that they're not recirculating cabin air that the air is being filtered and then the fresh air is being pumped in um and the cleaning mm -hmm. procedures and the mask wearing and everything else um i still don't know that i'm willing to get on a plane see we love our own vehicle we, you know, even if we fly, we still have to rent a car if, we, if we're not going to tap into family members. So I would love to try the auto train where you keep your car, you load it up, and then you get to your destination. I don't know where it goes. I think it's going up up north or whatever, but it goes I, I, I want to try it. It goes from Lorton, Virginia to Sanford, Florida and back. Oh. So if you're not on that uh, northeast corridor, it doesn't offer a lot of help. That that's how Steve got his car down here when he came here from New York. He put it on the train and moved down here that way. That was oh. the first time I heard about that. However, in my opinion, by the time you get there, it's not that much further to drive down. You know, I don't, to me, I'd rather just keep driving than put it on the train and worry about all that. See, the driving thing for me, like, Julie, Julie hates my driving, and, and she doesn't want to drive the whole time. I wonder why. So, you know... I mean, we can't even go to the grocery store to her without her correcting me. To drive to the to drive to Louisiana is like insane. Like, Corey, Corey, I have it on all cruise control <laughs> at 120 miles an hour. Yeah, I only follow speeders. There's always a guinea pig in front of me. Okay, all right. Uh, the last poll I want to talk about was: do, uh, Did you cancel your annual pass? 1,600 responses to this. 57 percent said they did not, but 43% said they did. Now, keep in mind, this is among a very high affinity group for Disney. And again, anecdotal, 
not scientific. But that 43% number is staggering. That is staggering among this audience, among this group. Um, and I think if there's any place that Disney needs to pivot right now, it's about what they're giving to annual pass holders, uh, what they're enticing annual pass holders with. It's about coming to the parks or not. And we were talking, you know, we talked about that a little while ago. Uh, now, I have no intention of canceling my annual pass. Okay, that I think that'd be a sad day, the day I have I cancel mine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't judge anybody for doing it, not at all. I think for a lot of people, it makes perfect sense to have canceled your annual pass. But if they effectively just lost half of their annual pass holders, that's that's telling. That's very telling. Now, I would imagine most, like I said, most of that 43% are probably people who don't live here. <clears throat> or <clears throat> at least a good percentage of them are people who don't live here. Um, but I think they should be doing a lot to really, really, really encourage locals with annual passes to get into the parks. Now I know they're doing things with, they're doing discounts on hotel rooms and things like that, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a, I think this is an opportunity they're missing. Then again, like I said, Lex Luthor, you know, basically dismissed the importance of annual pass holders, which came as a surprise to absolutely no one that he would look at us that way. Um, because he is in fact an idiot. Um, and, uh, you know, when you are, when you are dealing with Disney is with what Disney is dealing with right now, you don't piss off people who love your park so much. They want to take out a second mortgage on the house to buy an annual pass so they can come more. That's not the audience you want to be pissing off right now. Because the casual visitor, which is what makes up the bulk of your crowds, they're not coming to your parks right now. They're not the ones coming. They have taken this audience for granted for so long that it's just second nature for them. Just second nature. And I don't know what's going to have to happen or how bad it has to get before they realize, you know what? We can't run our entire business around this group, but we probably need to be doing more to appeal to them. Well, I look at like, so I, I, I don't go to the parks a lot. Like basically if I go one day, I won't go anywhere for like 14 days. I have that. That's my mental state of it. But when I went, I, I went to universal last week and, um, I, you know, the Halloween store was open and I was there and I want to spend the money because I've been locked up in my house and I haven't, you know, it's not the same when you're in your house versus when you can go out to a store. I, you know, I want that seasonal merchandise because then now also I can be drinking out of like that glass now and thinking about, Oh, the theme park or this attraction or this, whatever. And I think that's happening to me every time I go to a park. Like I want to spend that money because I don't, I no longer know when the next time I'm going to be able to go or can go is, or if this is the last time for whatever reason or something. And so I'm, I'm trying to make it. I feel like every trip now is like that extra, it's that extra like restraint I'm having to show, but also 
I'm trying to be like, well, I was inside for forever and I didn't spend any money. So I, I feel like I want to treat myself a little bit more this time. So if I'm sure that I'm not the only annual pass holder or the person going to Disney that's been feeling this way and that, you know, it's it's sort of like a de-stressing thing, I guess. So I don't I, I don't know. Demand it, it seems, that's out there. Yeah, for sure. Talk about Florida residents for a second. Um, Disney has done some stuff. They put out a special pass. They were offering some discounts for Florida residents, but I don't think that Florida residents are the answer because we have one of the highest unemployment rates in the country, central Florida right now. Um, We've been hit because of the tourism industry extremely hard. So I don't know that Florida residents can afford even to go to Disney for a couple of days. So I'm not sure the Florida residents are the, really the, the target audience at the moment. You know, it's just, it's tough for everybody and, People have to make decisions what they're willing to pay their money on, spend their money on. Well, again, I and I think right now one thing they should be doing is looking to engage the fan base, mm. the fan base, in every way they can. And the comments that Chapik made a few weeks ago tell me that's not even on the radar because, again, we're taken for granted. We're taken for granted. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope some things are different and they start doing stuff, but uh, not going to bet any real money on that. So, all right, folks, that's going to do it for our show for this week. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, folks. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes and wear your damn mask.